That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. This is a chemical, chemical that's Oh, welcome back. No one cares. Get to Tootsie the Musical. (laughs) Welcome back. Well, let's see what happened to us this week. Uh, Yeah, so this is our first show back since we saw each other in person, which was very exciting. That was a, oh, what a night. (laughs) Early September of 2001. (laughs) We had had a lot of fun. It was a a very fun night, and we're going to get into Tootsie the Musical in a moment and uh still did you get covid i did not knock on wood did you Me either not yet not yet i mean uh, weirdly what? Stu is sick but doesn't have covid he's been tested no covid but he has a cold i guess okay okay no so. it's goldie somehow you and i are walking between the raindrops yeah. this whole thing yeah i don't i'm sure that won't jinx it COVID's scared of me. <laughs> COVID. <laughs> it's clearly a bald bias. Or, or maybe, a, maybe a Jewish bias based on this, uh, right. this podcast. Um, yeah, so let's, what, what are we fucking around for? Let's get into. Well, I just want to say musical. that, yeah. you know, it was great to meet you guys. The first time meeting JC in person, yeah. she, was, she yeah. was taller than I am. That was a shock. <laughs> yeah, we all uh, saw the photo. Yeah, I was like the shrimp of the group. And it, <laughs> meeting Stu was delightful. Yeah. And. And you guys drove us to the theater, and Stu only hit one curb. I know. I know. I was like, curb. Oh, he, he hit the shit out of it that was, curb. It, but I, it was very fun to hear in the car. Just so you know, Stu is a new driver. I, I know. Like, what? Guys, I know. He just got his license I know, and I think I, I think I had just gotten stoned, and then we got in the backseat of the car. Just so you know, he's never driven before. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not to the 405. Um, but, JC, you were... He, you, he, you would never have known. I mean, it was one curb. Anyone could have hit that curb. <laughs> it was one of those that But, JC, out. I have to point out, because I feel like this is this is something that is familiar to my life. You as the navigator. Yeah. Okay, so you were absolutely on top of everything. Like you were giving him warnings like, a, you know, a couple blocks, we're going to take a left, you know, do this. And like you were way out in front of everything. 
until it really mattered when really, we needed to make decisions about parking really you were oddly that. silent you just faded away well, because and, I and we this. were left to pick up the pieces also the, the three of us have lived here a long long time yeah. and Not then me. no one knew anything about Hollywood at all we're in the I middle know. of Hollywood and it's like where do we park well, yeah. and then we pull into Hollywood Highland which is the biggest mall in Hollywood and it's like how does this parking lot work? Yeah, like, I was mystified like by the basic details <laughs> yes. of the most prominent place of the city in which they've lived a long time. And that furthers my theory that Hollywood stinks. Like as a place to visit and hang out, Hollywood itself is it's like completely overrated. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like a larger version of Times Square. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was a that was interesting to to start it off. We had a we had a lovely dinner, JC, at a yeah, restaurant you, you chose, which was maybe in Needles. It was so no, far east. It was close of LA. to Goldie and I. Really, yeah, close it to was Goldie. very I far walked. east. Oh God, it was so far away. My Sorry. Uber driver was killing me yeah. on the way over there. But anyway, the you dinner were very was, late. I was late, which I hate being he really late. Hates that. I hate being late. So that didn't kick off the night so great. But the the food was great. Yes. great choice. Thank I you. was the only one drinking, like a <laughs> you know. You, it was like you were watching your, you know, sad king pour down <laughs> goblets of wine, uh, and then get stoned and get ready for the theater because yeah. we're gonna have a great night at Tootsie the Musical, yes. right? We're gonna love it, right? Well, let's start off by setting the scene because, so we we got four tickets. So so JC, you and Stu were a couple, and yes. Goldie and I were another couple. Yes, very. And nice. we we get into the theater, and I kind of thought in my head. I'm wearing a Tootsie t-shirt donated yes. by a, a fan, a disgusty. Let's, so say, who, let's say who, let's shout him out. Scott Holroyd. Scott Holroyd yes. sent Thank you. you a Tootsie t-shirt. Oh. He's a so great I'm, guy. I'm all in. Yeah. Yes. And I was doing my version of all in, which is putting on the, the jacket and tie. So yeah. for, a, for a night out at the theater. So Goldie and I are, are already a good looking date. Yes. On the way into this thing. Now, in my mind, when uh, the tickets were purchased a while ago, I kind of thought that Goldie and I had way better seats <laughs> we, than you guys. I was like, why are they and over like, there? <laughs> and, and so then when we were actually shown to our seats, we were like way off to the side, and you guys were right in the middle in the perfect sweet Nobody spot. In front and I was of like, us. What, what the fuck? <laughs> Um, but we should have known because before the lights went down, I was, I kept looking back at you guys in the seats because there were a bunch of seats around you that were empty. empty yeah. And I was like, oh, can we switch? Can we go over there? But then we would have had to make everyone in our row, like stand up and yeah. it was annoying. So we didn't, but that should have been our first clue. All the empty seats. So Goldie, the, the lights go down. The, the, the curtain first comes clue up. should have been we were at Tootsie the Musical, <laughs> which I God damn it said over and over <laughs> that this is not a great story. This is a, a, a one story on a Love Boat episode. But whatever, you ignored no. all the warning flags. So God, the the lights go down, yeah. and I I want to say from the beginning that when the lights go down, and I'm like I'm. You know, what's my first impression? My first impression was, wow, this is a really nice curtain. Oh, no. <laughs> so we're off to a good start. <laughs> yeah, One okay. of the most impressive curtains a professional I've ever curtain. seen. Very. A, a, a shade of red slash crimson yes. that doesn't exist in nature. Uh, no. A, it, it looks... 
It was a Broadway Decadent. caliber. Broadway caliber curtain. Better. Right the, better. Better. Better than Broadway. And so we're at the Dolby Theater, which you, formerly the Kodak. This is the middle pie. This is where they do the Oscars. Right. So yeah. I just want to say before we dive into the musical itself, this is hallowed ground. This is yes. where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. <laughs> yes. Like, if you're going to come on this stage, you've got to be that good. Yeah, this is where Warren Beatty misannounced the Oscar oh, winner yeah. as right. uh, La La Land. So I'm about to tip my hand here. Yeah. Some of the things I'm about to say may be a tad unkind. And I, I weighed whether to do this or not because know. you know I'm a writer slash performer performers written in very tiny font very um, tiny the smallest you know and and do I feel good uh, saying you know criticizing another performance criticizing art yes. and I want to say if this were a high school or college performance <laughs> I would kid gloves and I would just say hey it was great they were out there yes it, you yeah. know High Who school, cares? I got to step in. High school, maybe college. No, we're still going at it. Right. It's college. Okay, yeah. but <laughs> I had to pay a fourteen-year-old fifteen dollars an hour to watch my kids. We go out to this dinner. You buy the tickets. We're in for over seven thousand dollars. <laughs> so I expect. And you bought us dinner too. <laughs> yes, I. Ex- I'm wearing a Tootsie T-shirt. Yes. Okay, so I expect something good to happen now. I want to know, the curtain rises, how quickly did you start to say, uh-oh? Uh, yeah, right. Well, Goldie, you were there with me. We looked at each other within five <laughs> seconds of the curtain going up. Whatever was going on on stage was already so ridiculously bad that you and I made eye contact with masks. We're wearing masks. Yes. So all we, we just had our eyes, and it was yes. like we both knew in that moment this is a huge mistake and going to be a disaster. Well, the, the thing is, is it, it became clear in a minute that they were performing this song and dance that was meant to be part of a musical that wasn't quite working. And so I'm watching, you know, these these singers and dancers on stage. And to tell you, no one's, everyone's good. Everyone's fine. And at that point, I'm in my head trying to pick out, oh, which of these people has the most charisma? Who's going to be nice. Tootsie? Who's going to play a part in this? And so I, I narrow it down to three or four people. And by the way, the one who steps to the forefront was not one of those people. No. So, so from the moment someone goes, wait, 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 hold on. I'm I I the, my first thought was, oh no, this <laughs> is Tootsie. This lump. This lump. I, I don't want to no, you can call you can call someone a lump. But 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 and, and <laughs> Look, just to to elaborate some people have a star quality, okay? And again I did not. Like this doesn't you take it for what you will say, you've done a lot of failure, you suck. Yeah, Fine. I do. I'll, yeah. I'll take it all. Absolutely. That doesn't make this person <laughs> a star. <laughs> no. He was the opposite of a star. And also to to elaborate on your point, first of all, terrible decision to open your musical with a fake number that is supposed to be bad. Because musicals famously throughout history. I didn't actually catch that. Yeah, because it was like the musical within the musical. So then they, you know, they do that. And then he's in the musical and he's a disgruntled actor pointing out. But even the moment he pointed something out, I wasn't clear what he was talking about. No. I was confused. Same. Yeah, But also, not only was this guy not the guy 
But like you were, I'm scanning the rows of dancers and singers as this musical is starting and thinking like, who's good, seeing if anyone's out of time, seeing is anyone <laughs> like you, who's going to be Tootsie. And I locked on to a guy and I was like, oh, this guy is terrible. Like he's not dancing <laughs> oh, with no. anyone at all. He's like not in time and again, lumpish. And then... The, when the dialogue started and it became clear, oh, fuck, this is Michael Dorsey, a.k.a. Tootsie. <laughs> I, that was just aw- instantly off the rails. There's no way to win us back. And here's my capsule review of this performance. This actor was not believable playing an actor. No. <laughs> right. In the no. play that he was acting. <laughs> I know. It was it it was a triple fail. It was, it like, was, so, it was like an, so an error on every throw back it to was, the infield. And, and so the, you, you instantly start out and you go, so this is supposed to be, it, it made you realize how good Dustin Hoffman's performance is. So because good. again, yeah. I'm not sure this is a great role. Now, then the musical has this problem of, Tootsie is set in like the 80s, right? Yeah. 82. 82. Okay. So there's no cell phones, whatever. No. So if you're going to do Tootsie, my feeling is you just do Tootsie. Like if we're doing Titanic, you don't go, it's the Titanic, but let's have them have cell phones. Right. Yeah. Like no yeah. one wants to see that. And so no. the fact that they have phones, like you go, Tootsie doesn't work today because today everyone just goes, that's a man dressed as a woman. Yeah. Because right. we've all seen, well, there's this awareness of RuPaul's drag race and what, like, like yeah. growing up, no one knew that stuff. Like yeah. it was, it was off in, in tiny clubs in Greenwich Village or, right. you know, little out of the way places, bars that, you know, weren't, you know, had, had black windows, you couldn't see into them. And now it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's culture. Yes. It's everywhere. It's mainstream yeah. culture. So you, you just go, it, it doesn't work because, you can't do a makeup job good enough to make me believe that no one instantly sniffs this out and goes, yeah, that's clearly a, a man dressed as a woman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And 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 also one of the strengths of, of Tootsie the movie beyond Dustin Hoffman, who's fantastic, is the supporting cast. Like the, everybody yes. in the supporting cast well. really comes in and scores. And this had almost the opposite effect. Like the guy who was in the Bill Murray role was disastrously He bad. was just yelling. It was really so bad. Kind of, they all I was like, are my kids here being bad? Because this guy's yelling. <laughs> I mean, it's First so joke late, of the day. First joke of the day. <laughs> should have been the very first thing you said. Hilarious. <laughs> um, so, JC, what were you going to say? Like when all these supporting act, what, what was the feeling over in the uh, JC Stew section? Yeah. How, how quickly were you guys looking at each other like, uh-oh? Well. Uh, or you're nicer, probably. No. I, okay. So, okay. So this is. To be honest, they were too busy holding hands and looking in each other's <laughs> eyes to even be aware of the stage. We were looking That's at disgusting. each other's eyes, but being like, "What are we doing?" Yeah. Um, but yeah. this is my third musical that I've ever been to. That's so, so sad. How I know. is that possible? Well, it's just not my cup of tea. But well, this won't help. <laughs> I know. So what? I was like, I went really into my head. But the very first thing. I think when the curtains open, there's a woman with her back turned, right? And then she starts turning. And I yeah. thought that was, I said, 
I said, looked at Stu. I was like, now that's a set of calves. Yes, so right. I you're right. That was going to be huge tense. calves. I mean, I don't, you know, don't want to be rude, but I thought that that was like, okay, here we go. This is the could be a, a man dressed as a woman. Right. But it wasn't. I agree. So I kind of got, was distracted by the dancing and I was just looking around. And do you guys remember when they were dancing with swords, maybe in one of the opening scenes of Romeo and Juliet, and the dancer dropped his sword? Yes. That was yeah. kind of midway through. Oh, I felt yeah. like it was very no, much. No, no, no. Yes, I love that. And that, I thought that might have been part of it. And then there was also the no, great moment where not part the, of it. the woman who was playing the older theater yes. producer... Referred to the director, yes, and and she called him whatever his name was. Say it's Ron, Mark, Mark Dennison or something. Who cares? Ron. It was Ron Dennison. Say so. Okay. She goes, and this is the director, Ron. And everyone stops, and it's like, why are they stopping? And she goes, uh, uh, Dennison, yeah, because I then it was clear from the next ten line of dialogue that they all relied on his last name somehow. So of course I love that, but I will say not a good sign that we were three minutes in and maybe the most elderly couple I've ever seen just oh, walks out like oh, they were like true? we've lived long enough to know and yeah. we have so little time left we yeah. cannot stay and I yeah. and I, I, I wish I, I had we not been wearing masks I would have asked you to do this but it would have been too hard to convey with a mask I was gonna say if you could lead me out by the elbow in the exact <laughs> same way it would be legendary for the yes. audience and I will say that brings me back to a point I wanted to make at the beginning that before the show even started, a guy who, had, who was one of the ushers came out and made this announcement like, yes. I want everyone to keep their mask on. And then yeah. he was like, one, two, three. What did I say? One, yeah. two, three. Yeah. Mask on. And everyone's like, yeah. say it with me. One, two, three. And he had more charisma really, and got yes. the crowd going more than anything we saw in the musical. <laughs> yeah. He was magical. Yes. Get he him was. on stage. Throw him on stage. Make him the star because he had it. He really yes, did. Yes, he did. In a room full of people who did not have it, that yes. guy had it. Yes. That was the highlight of the night performance. By wise. far. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And I guess my concern when we had the masks on, most of the time I was concerned that Stu was going to fall asleep because, you know, when you have the mask on, you're, you're breathing in carbon dioxide, you get tired. Yeah. And I'm like, please don't fall asleep. Yeah. Alec bought these tickets for all the way oh, out God, here. Oh, God, I would I would have respected the shit out of him he if he had close. fallen asleep. And, at one point, picture. I just pulled my mask over my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, so here's my thought process as we're getting into the first act. And musicals, I, I will say, even the best musicals have lulls and moments where you're taken out of it a little bit and you remember you're just some schmuck sitting in a theater with, you know, 200 people or whatever. And you kind of are like, when is this thing over? And you're looking how many songs are in the second act. Even if it's like, you know, Oklahoma, you're doing this. But with this musical, <laughs> when we were like, two or three numbers into it, and it was already just so clear that it was a huge failure. I had a great feeling because I realized we are leaving at intermission. Like, I, there is no way that we are going to sit that around could, yeah. for the second act. The second act is never going to save it. Right. There's right. no So it's chance. unfair because the second act may have been incredible. 
I heard it wasn't. I talked to other people who went. who went for oh. the second act and said it was just as bad. Did oh, okay. they ever do any of the music from the movie? This is one of my points. Is the the movie has some good music, yeah. so Very why good. not lean into that a little bit? Maybe I could. could not agree with you more. And the, and the 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 sad thing is that in some chunks of the dialogue that they kept for the for the show that they they took from the movie seemed so flat and lifeless with, yeah. with it just goes to show the yeah. power of the performer and yeah. I guess a director because yeah. this was like they were taking theoretically funny moments from the movie but having these actors deliver them it was just flat and dead how much of casting is is responsible for this or is it a just lot. like what yeah I mean do you think it's the turnout of the of who came to audition or like, or is it? Well, that was a weird thing. It was a hit on Broadway, right? Well, we don't know. Not the production we we, we saw, but we keep, we keep saying that with no evidence. I don't know. It was on Broadway. It made it I don't even know that. I think it was. I think it was. So I guess anything that makes it to Broadway, you could probably say the Broadway hit. (laughs) But I think JC, to answer your question, that casting obviously was a huge problem because even in a bad show, where the musical numbers aren't so memorable and the story is not so great. If you have two very charismatic and talented leads, it can carry you through yeah. the experience where, you, where you'll walk away being like, that was, those two lead guys were great. Like yeah. it wasn't, we just didn't have any of that. There was nothing to grab onto here. It's well, true. also they, they made a change in the, musical from the movie that I thought was disastrous. And again, this this plays to my original point, which was when you put it in modern times, I it just doesn't work. So instead of having Tootsie be on a soap opera, right, which was right. very believable, yes. they put Tootsie into a Broadway musical called Romeo and Juliet, what was it? Continued or something? The Curse of Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, like basically it was a sequel to Romeo and Juliet as a like, ha ha, like first of all, so there's no, this is so ungrounded, like there's no sequel to Romeo and Juliet. That's that's like a family guy cutaway that gets rejected. It's like (laughs) when we send a room out and we go, come up with a cutaway for this spot, one of the six options is the Romeo and Juliet sequel. And you know, Steve Coogan had that movie Hamlet too. I heard that was good. I didn't see it, but- that's as a conceit, like you go, you're saying fuck you to me by yeah. by making it that. Like you're going, you you moron. Like yeah. you'll think that this is and then within that that musical, she plays Tootsie plays a nurse. Right. She plays Juliet's nurse, and she's so good they agree to turn that musical into <laughs> Juliet's nurse. I mean, the whole thing was such a fuck you. And then there was this element to it where they tried to make it woke, like it's it's different ethnicity actors than you remember. Yeah. And you go, I get I get why you're doing that in Hamilton. There's like a very large socially conscious point to make, but there's no point to it in Tootsie. Like Tootsie is what it is. Like you either yeah. wanna see it and you're, you're and right. you don't want to like yeah. flagellate yourself and, and put on the hair shirt and go, I'm so bad because I enjoyed Tootsie because right. there are elements <laughs> that if you made it now would appear to be racist and and, and against the feminist principles I hold so dear. It's like it's just a fucking movie that came yeah. out at one point that people liked at one point, and right. some people still like to turn back the clock, blot out the world, and enjoy it. So if they want to do that. 
Who gives a flying shit? But you yeah. can't add this element. If you want to add this element, do something new and make it spectacular and hit all your points and change everyone's minds. You're not changing anyone's fucking mind by taking Tootsie and turning it into the sequel to Romeo and Juliet and going, and we played with the parts. And and if you don't like it, you're a fucking recalcitrant piece of shit. It's like, well, fuck you. <laughs> I didn't well. come here to be yelled at. I came here to do the yelling. And so I think, by the way, this thing was like watching that movie, The Room with Tommy Wiseau, which is like, yes. it wasn't bad enough to be enjoyable. But my feeling is that this musical could be salvaged if you leaned into like, how bad it was. This thing sucks. Come <laughs> yeah. and at certain points, you can throw food at them. Like, <laughs> right. you can say the worst lines louder than the cast. Oh. You can shout crap. <laughs> That's a like, good business model for them yeah. going forward because I think they're going to have trouble. Yeah. They're going to have big trouble. I'm so, sorry. I don't know. Panning someone to this degree. But, no, but it, like, it just required I came in a tootsie it. shirt. By the it. end, I'm pulling my jacket over my tootsie yeah. shirt, going like, "I don't want. <laughs> you I don't want to talk to anyone. I don't want to show anyone that I was there." <laughs> yeah, it was. Now, and we can't. So, just obviously, Goldie's rant said it all pretty perfectly. We didn't like it. We left in intermission. <laughs> the whole thing was a bust. But I will say. Not only did we have a nice time together, yes, we met two very awesome fans. Yes, right, and yes. and so that was a cool part of it. Yeah, Lauren and, and, want to sh- and Dan. Yeah, oh sorry, Lauren and Dan. Yeah, we want to shout them out. Dan, take a nap. The Napster, Dan <laughs> Nap, and Lauren. I'm gonna say it wrong. Sivan or Sivan? I don't. I, I didn't ask her how to pronounce it. I have it. no Sivan? practice. We'll have to ask Sivan. her. Sivan, Sivan, yeah. Sivan likes her money. <laughs> Yeah, so Definite we highlight. met them. They we they came and met us during intermission, and we basically convinced them to leave the show too. They they weren't enjoying it either, but they were it just kind of there. Yeah, it wasn't I know. Tough. No, we were just like we're going across the street for a drink. They came. They were lovely. They're real big fans of the show. Dan Knapp came loaded for bear with a bag full of weed oh, yeah. for me. Yeah, What's so his, that was what a haul. His company. You know. What was his? Yeah. Oh shit. Now I'm not going to be able to remember the name of his company. We'll we'll, we'll promo it next time. He's, <laughs> okay. He's working for for a weed company, and he brought all kinds of uh, samples, which yeah. I really enjoy. Very generous. So company. thank you, Dan. Can I can and I just we'll, say one last yeah. thing? Because I I don't relish like criticizing the work of of actors or writers, or whatever. I do. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's fantastic. <laughs> See for yourself. Oh God. Now you it's felt nice that bad you. in the moment. Come yeah. on, Goldie. I don't, don't feel that bad. It's just. I, I'm open that I, that I'm wrong, and I witnessed the greatest performance of the last forty years, <laughs> no, and that I just no, it was just tr- over my head. That's that's possible. Well, I think it's no, fair. It's- sorry, I think it's fair to say that they're doing the best that they can. But uh, you know, like that's all you can say, <laughs> right? <It's> like, <laughs> right? If, if we're if we're down to that, we're really. I want to have a good time. Like I, by the way, I and the bar is not like super high. Like I, I wept it at Wicked. Which I, yeah. but isn't that you know, like I'm not someone musical? who just goes in and crosses their arms, and and you know says like show me what you got. I'm I wanted to. It, I was even in the opening number. I'm like they're singing, there's dancing. Like yeah. we'll see. Yeah. And then when he interrupted it, and it, and it was kind of like 
you know, like they, they were doing these things where they were making fun of Broadway conventions. And it's like, you have not earned that. Right. No, no. And also another thing we didn't point out uh, about our our lead, who we've really been patting on the back here today. <laughs> when literally when the first time he, he spoke, it was like, um, excuse me. Like he had like a Mickey Mouse voice. <laughs> yeah. And like, so you're like, oh, fuck, this guy's tootsie. And they clearly got him because he can sing Very in high. that high range, which yes. he could. He really could. Yeah. Um, but it only goes to show like. I mean, Dustin Hoffman's voice is like down here, you know, <laughs> his regular so, voice. And so for him to play a woman, it actually shows an incredible amount of range as opposed to a yeah. guy who's like, I'm a man. You can treat me as such. You know, it's right. like. Now, did this entire experience at all diminish Tootsie in your eyes? No, it it elevated Tootsie. Okay, because that makes sense. Yeah. Just like I, I have, I, I've always had such a great appreciation for it. But now even more, it's like you can't just have anyone do it. They yeah. did it great. And like yeah. now these people are fucking it up. Or maybe we're all wrong. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe we just missed it. Yeah. I feel bad, but whatever. No. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. No, we don't have to feel bad about that. We should feel bad about our next segment, which is killing us every week. Let's roll in to Johnny Jokes. From Hollywood, here's Johnny Tootsie. <laughs> I can only picture the entire cast of Tootsie now listening to our Johnny jokes like, all right, let's see what you got. Let's see like, what you got. Hey, I heard this asshole. podcast is doing a review of us. Yeah, it's, it's called Tootsie the Musical. We got to listen to it. Oh, and I feel bad. Don't feel bad. I could feel you already starting to feel bad, but just remember how you felt in the theater. And that should tie bad. you over. I felt bad. bad. Yeah. Very bad. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Johnny here. <clears throat> okay. Dropping off after Tom and Max. Here we go. Well, controversy uh, surrounds the new Marvel release, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in one twisted version of the universe, Doctor Strange performs safe and legal abortions. <laughs> The multiverse of madness, where that might happen. All right. Off to a limping start. Here we go. Uh, despite asking her way off the list, Dolly Parton was among this year's inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, a voting board member explained that between country and pop, 
Dolly's two huge contributions could not be ignored. Mm. I I wanted to see how you were going to get there. Yeah, and I couldn't even really get there, but you just know it's her tits. Okay, here we go. You biked. You biked there. I biked there in a recumbent. Okay, here we go. Uh, For the first time... In the publication's history, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue will feature a visibly pregnant woman. Boy, uh, this Roe v. Wade thing is having an immediate impact. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and fight my it's way a, out with this last... It's a tough area. Once you, once it's you a tough area, out. but I was committed to it with two jokes. <laughs> These were the only four I wrote. Here we go. Last one. Uh, world number three golfer. Lydia Ko shocked reporters after a recent round by revealing that she was having her period. Yeah. Uh, Even more shocking, her putter was missing. I'm so sorry. I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) It was up her vagina as a tampon. Her putter Uh, was missing. By the way, the the cast of Tootsie the Musical is now rejoicing in the street. They're loving it. (laughs) They won. They won this round. Her putter was missing. (laughs) So was our credibility. Okay, here we go. A A Supreme Court opinion was leaked showing the nation's top judicial body plans to overturn the landmark abortion case Roe v. Wade. The decision threatens to destroy the finale of HBO's F-Boy Island. (laughs) We're going to get an abortion on that. Yeah, you should have listened to your own advice. I'll stuff a putter in it, my friend. (laughs) See, now you're getting it. (laughs) Uh, Heavy metal and reality star Ozzy Osbourne has COVID-19. Uh, yeah, it's been a rough few days, but the disease is expected to survive. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Take that, Tootsie. That's good. There We're we go. rolling. <clears throat> Last night, comedian Dave Chappelle was attacked by an audience member. Oh. Yeah, don't worry. Police were able to subdue the threat before anyone addressed the attacker by the wrong pronoun. <laughs> That's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah. And finally, thank God, finally, in a new interview, Microsoft chairman Bill Gates apologized and said he now regrets meeting several times with Jeffrey Epstein. But then again, hindsight is 16, 15 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. You, you, I think you saved us from Tootsie with a couple of those. Oh, God. What a slog. Her putter was missing, and that was my closer. Her putter was missing. Okay, that's, that's a valuable lesson to writers there, that you got to maybe run it by somebody first. Um, all right, well, this week, we a couple weeks ago, we talked about, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Finch? Finchy. Okay. Uh, Finchy. Yeah. <laughs> so Elizabeth Finch was the uh, now now infamous uh, writer who faked having uh, bone cancer uh, in order to, I mean, further her career, it seems like. And faked she, several other things, too. As, yeah. Faked as a lot. Came out. Yeah. And she was a writer on Grey's Anatomy, most notably, where she herself wrote 13 episodes for the show. In a, and it's what sounds like a, basically a 10-year stint there. 
Um, but it was revealed that she was lying about her, her cancer and her soon-to-be ex-wife sort of outed her on, in yeah. that regard. But we got an email from yes. one of our favorite disgusties, Lou yes. Schneider. Yay, Lou. All right, so the subject is Finchy. Finchy. I take issue with just letting this liar slide. Mm. Of, <laughs> Whoa. Of course, we are in the embellishment business, but we also have to work in groups and relationships in writer's rooms are based on trust. Can't trust that person. It goes to what kind of an asshole has to concoct an elaborate lie just to sell the story and then never comes clean. The Finchy thing and the person telling the I was in the army thing, dot, 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 too far. Of course, we're going to make it up to some degree, but this is too many degrees. Now to address, why does that person get in trouble? They shouldn't insofar as it relates to coming up with the stories, as those are fiction anyway, but when they are passing lies off as truths in interviews and articles and what are supposed to be news outlets, no good. Have fun at Tootsie. Lou. Oh, that last line now just <laughs> is such a, a like a like an icy blade in the back. <laughs> have fun at Tootsie. We didn't, Lou. <laughs> We could have used that last week. Maybe it would have helped us. But so now what do we – we're hearing more and more basically about how this woman, Finchie, was deceitful. And we we got an uh, – and we can't reveal our source, but we have an inside source who sent us a text basically also saying that she was using her chemo and her treatment, which wasn't really happening, to get out of developing things, Dead to get out of and- meetings, out of That's commitment. time theft. Okay. That's time, That's theft. time theft. You can't <laughs> steal ABC's time and get but, paid for it. But so, Goldie, because we were talking about last time that yes. we, we each had a little bit of the attitude of like, who the fuck cares? She's creating product for your show that you seem to be doing pretty well off of. Do you feel differently now hearing all these new details? There's a two-part Vanity Fair article that's great. Yeah, um, thanks for sending that. And, and basically... Like the extent of the fraud went much further than I thought. I thought it was yeah. kind of limited to the room where she was just kind of spinning yarns. Yeah, but um, <laughs> deep. You know, like she basically this. If the claims are to be believed, this woman who's divorcing her, she really sort of in an insane way deceived her and sort of like took over her life and and did like very destructive things. But if we go to the show part, which was sort of the the origin of the discussion. Yeah. To me saying like I was defrauded is is like, you know, you have an investment advisor and you, you and you go, they ripped me off. And then they're, they're like, okay, well let's see your account. And it's like, well I'm richer than I was, but like <laughs> they didn't do what they said. It was yeah. different. I mean I have more money, but you can see I was ripped off very badly. Like, right, like, right. These were all great episodes of the show apparently and the fact that other writers didn't like it and they felt, uh, you know, the article alludes to she would talk about her cancer experience. Um, and then other writers who had had cancer yeah. would get like shot down because they didn't still have cancer yes. like she did. She was she, so they couldn't pitch their cancer. <laughs> stuff. But oh, what a I think you and I both know, having run rooms and been in rooms that. The room being divided against each other isn't the worst thing. Uh-huh. Like yeah, the shows right. where everyone gets along and everyone thinks we're all friends and we have a bunch of trust. Like you're yeah, that's, not that's, friends. That's dads. Yeah. <laughs> you're not <laughs> friends. I'm sorry. You're not friends. Like at the end of the day, and maybe it's because we come from stand up. I see it this way that it's like, it, it's nice. We can get along. 
we're all in competition. So when someone asks, hey, can you read my script? It's like, I can and and I will, but you're kind of trying to take my job. So why? Right. You know, and, you know, it sounds like this woman was very good at that competition part. And she obviously has some kind of talent. Now, she believes her own stuff and and has mental issues. But, you know, if you're running a show and and someone says to you, this is going to happen, but you're going to get 13 great episodes out of it. Yeah, right. you take I that and take run. it. Because yeah. that's yeah. for most shows, that's as long as they go. So I mean right. to say like, oh, I'm 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 gonna give you a more than one half of a season of content. Yeah. You know, it's like great, sign yeah. me up. And also, I mean, to JC, I think you were saying last time that this will make like an excellent somebody's gonna make a movie out of this. Yeah, like Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, somebody's <laughs> gonna make a six part miniseries yeah. or, or something like the Elizabeth Holmes thing with the yeah. Theranos or whatever. We're fascinated by liars as a, you know, the yeah. the Tinder swindler. Yeah. Like con artists. We're fascinated by that as in entertainment, inventing Anna. Yeah. So I think we're gonna get a juicy series out of this, which I will consume all of. The role so, you know, is incredible for yes. the lead. And, and the also wife. It's and the, the wife. wife. It, it's, one of, it's similar to one of our favorite movies, which is Shattered Glass. Shattered I Glass. I both love that movie. Oh. Um, but I will say if, if, you know, a Grey's Anatomy writer or even this woman herself wants to come on and talk to us, <laughs> I talk cool. to him. Oh, more. yeah. Honey, open invite. Open invite. Send out the word. Yeah, JC, I saw you looking it up. Shattered Glass. Yeah, was a movie about the. Uh, what did he write for? The Atlantic? Stephen Glass. Stephen Glass. I, I think so. What he wrote for, like, some. Is very, that the New Republic or the Atlantic? The New Republic is what it was. So he wrote okay. for, like, an upper crusty. Those two like, things might as well be the same. Yes, <laughs> I agree. In my mind, they are. Yeah, it's like so, we're just confusing one for the other. So yes. Just, just, just merge. Do it already. Merge. It anyway, doesn't matter. No one's this like, guy. this is more Atlantic <laughs> no, than it is New no. Republic. Okay, we get it. We get it. We understand. They're similar, is your point. But so this guy, Stephen Glass, he worked for, I don't, doesn't matter which one, the Atlantic Republic. Uh, and he was just making up stories. Like, oh. so he was creating sources he was making up all kinds of stories, and and it's a great movie that nobody saw, but it's really great at getting into like how this guy was lying and how addictive the lies became to him. And watching him, to your point, Goldie, about like the sort of writer's room dynamic, because when you work for a place like that, you have to pitch stories just like you would at a, a TV show. You have to pitch to the editor, and they would say yay or nay on certain stories, so... The, when he's pitching his lies and they're so entertaining, like you watch, they're, they're clocking everyone in the writer's room, like laughing and slapping their knees and some writers just being like, where does he get all these stories? And it was such a such an interesting movie, totally worth watching, high recommend okay. on Shattered Glass. Well, he was able to get away with it because he was basically writing about the internet and new media in the kind of mid to late 90s and everyone else who worked at the magazine was in their 40s. And, it, and wow. it, it was a time where people were so clueless about the internet. He would say, like, there's a company called Juke Micronics run by a 14-year-old. And the CEO, yeah. like, right. threw a million dollars in the air. And everyone just kind of 
was like, wow, like all, yeah. these, all these New York dweebs. It would be like now if somebody came in and told us all about a crypto conference, we'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. I bet right. they were doing all that. <laughs> but so anyway, that's what this woman, Finchie, it sounds like, was uh, her version of Shattered Glass was over at, yeah. at Grey's Anatomy. But I think the more we learn about this story, the less sympathetic we are to uh, poor old Finchie. Is that safe to say? Yeah. Yeah. I still, you know, at the end of the day, she made something happen. Yeah, God, yeah. she's she's got to come on this show. You're she her made only life defender. Interesting. You're you're her only defender. <laughs> it's amazing, amazing. Um, all right, I think we dumped out uh, the trash on that one. So now let's get to our theme today, Goldie. This was your suggestion. I thought yes. it was a very positive thing. So go ahead yes. and tell the folks what we're going to. Well, about. sort of knowing what we had planned for the first part of the episode, I yes. thought for today's theme, we could each provide three pieces of encouragement to people who are trying to make careers in show business. Some specifically writing, some not specifically writing, but I thought we could try to say three positive things. Okay. Um, yeah. Having just essentially detonated a tiny nuclear bomb of negativity. <laughs> a dirty like maybe nuke. we can attempt a very insufficient cleanup that will leave the soil still contaminated. <laughs> right. But perhaps allow some squirrels and such to move back in and <laughs> right. create some kind of no, life. Squir- that squirrels doesn't have equal the worst. there. The squirrels have it the worst with all them irradiated nuts. Yeah. Should I start? Yeah, sure, please. lead us in. I thought it was all about writing, but I don't think it's going to matter. Yeah, I Go mean, ahead. these are these apply to writing, but they they apply to more than writing. It's you know, I I'm almost fifty years, years old. I guess you could call it perspective. Um, <laughs> oh, so my first that. my first piece of encouragement is there's no real downside to failure. On the whole, That's <laughs> other people are losing money, not you. Like you're going to get some barbs or whatever. People, they won't like what you did. You'll be criticized. They'll say bad things. They'll hurt for a bit. <laughs> these, are, these are all downsides. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Like, well, it, it only hurts as much as you sort of let it. But the fact is that you, people don't regard failure as permanent because everyone has done it. You know, Steven yeah. Spielberg has had bad movies. No one's just success, 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 success. So the yeah. fact that you failed really does not mean anything. And if anything provides interesting fodder for meetings, talk shows, interviews as you go forward and people ask you about your life and there's a larger retrospective of your career to look back on that it it's it's interesting. Well, I want to dig in a little on that because are you talking what in what stage of your career are you placing this failure? Because I feel like it's different. If you fail right off the bat, that can be a tough I mean I'm looking like look to, to personalize it. Yes, please. Stand up. I had zero success for the first 10, 15 years. And even beyond that, the success was so limited, like a spot on premium blend, a spot on Kimmel. But these were like five minutes of 15 years. And the majority of it was I made, I think, maybe $8,000 total in that time doing stand up comedy. Now, I met you. I met other friends. I have a million stories about doing stand up at a time. But it was failure yes like no one cared the worst kind of failure not like people are doing a podcast about you and talking about not liking it because you were in hollywood and you had a big audience this was no audience anonymous failure yes yeah okay yeah well so you're right you overcame that we all did 
We yeah. all did. And it's yeah. no one cared. No one like I couldn't generate the type of publicity to get criticized on a podcast. Right. <laughs> right. And I and I managed to, you know, latch on and have a career. So the downside to it, like no one looks back and goes, well, 15 years ago, he was a shitty stand-up. It, it doesn't matter. Well, you weren't a and shitty stand-up. And if anything, people go, the oh, thing. they were a stand-up, so they've had that experience. That right. is that is a very good point. I feel like once you've done stand-up for a certain amount of time, you can just say, I did stand-up, and that fills in a whole bunch of blanks for people in the industry. Yeah. So – that might be part of your, you know, maybe part of the advice. Don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to fail at stand-up. Like, just doing stand-up in of itself is an accomplishment if you can keep at it for over a year, let's say. Like, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah. I'd say getting up once is more than the average person who wants to do stand-up. Getting up once is more than that person yeah. does it. If you break the barrier from audience to performer, you've On done shitting. more than most people who want to do this have ever done. Yeah. You break right. the seal. You break the seal. <laughs> so that was my first point. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. My second piece of encouragement is that there is literally zero barrier to entry to do this at this point. Like, if you yeah. want to be yep. a writer, everyone has a phone, everyone has a tablet. All you have to do is open notes and start typing. So, all the barriers to entry that you're conceiving. Are come from you. Yeah, you That's could true. take a pencil and a piece of paper if you don't have a tablet. You could take a rock and write on pavement. There's no barrier to you doing this if you really want to do it. You could be a writer in a minute. You yeah, could well, the, start writing right now. Well, the yeah. rock pavement thing—if it rains, that's trouble. But it's very dry. <laughs> in yeah, it is dry. So you could have at least probably the next six months. Of, <laughs> Hurting people over to where you scratch on the right. <laughs> but but also to your point of there's very little barrier. I mean, and this is you know I I'm hesitant to say this, but there's very little barrier between anyone and us. Like right. you can tweet us a message. You can t there's a way that you can communicate with people in the business in a way that you could never do when we were coming up or right. before then. You just had to know somebody specifically. Where today you don't have to know them. You can oh. send them a nice message and say, "Hey, I've been a huge fan of yours. I loved when you did this and this and this. I'm thinking of becoming a writer. Can you offer me any advice?" And then you're off and running in a relationship with that person. Yep. So that's something totally new. Yeah. And Goldie loves that, by the way. So <laughs> no, <laughs> I dislike it. <laughs> uh, so my third piece of encouragement, and this comes off sort of conversations I have a few times a year with, you know, someone says, you know, my son or daughter is 15 and wants to do this. or they're in college and they want to do this. Or they just got out of college and they want to do it. Yeah. And they, the person will generally ask me like, well, you know, if I do that, I mean, maybe it's less safe than doing this other thing. Maybe I should do this other thing. But my, my thought is, is if you really love entertainment, you really love writing, you really love acting you probably would have failed at the other thing you were going to try. Right. Or, or you would have hated Or it. you would have hated yourself yeah. in success. Because yeah. whatever it is you're going to try, like say you're like, and then I don't know, should I do the safe thing and going into insurance? Someone in insurance friggin' loves it with the, yeah. the same way you love show business. Yeah. And they're going to attack that business with the same tenacity, the same passion, the same drive that you should have toward your work. And so you're going to get destroyed in that business 
by the person who friggin' loves it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, the, and the fact that you're asking me to me implies maybe you don't have enough passion about either of these things. Because someone with enough passion sure as hell wouldn't be asking some bald fucking almost fifty year old guy <laughs> bald what to do with their do life. With it. They would just be doing it. But I, I would say yeah. that you know there's no reason not to do it. Don't look at this other future you think would have been so much better because you would have failed, but you would have failed trying something you didn't even care about. Right. Yeah. That's a great point. It's a great point, and also just. You can look at so many examples. Uh, Robert Evans leaps to mind where he was selling ladies' pants. Okay, (laughs) that was his business. He was selling ladies' pants. And then he was discovered, because he's handsome, to be an actor. And he starred in a couple movies, and he was not a good actor. And then he just sort of rolled his charm and good looks into being one of the most successful producers in, in Hollywood history. So... To your point, Goldie, if you love show business, but you're not, you're like, I might not be the best writer. If you're passionate about show business, there are many ways you can throw yourself into the business. And mm-hmm. and show yeah. business really respects people who are passionate about show business. So yes. if you're out there and you have your list of your five favorite Martin Scorsese movies and you've got your list of your best movies since 2000 and like you've got all your favorite writers and, and cinematographers, people respect that out in Hollywood. Like they yeah. want producer, hear. agent, manager, critic, like there's a number yes. of fields you can jump into. Executive. With that <laughs> Executive. And I think Goldie, your last point leads very well into my first uh, word of encouragement, which is there's no business like show business. No, that's not it. But that's kind of what you were saying. And I agree with it. And now I'm going to get to my silly points here. Where I've closed the okay encouragement. Here's something kind of along the lines. You of what look you were very saying. young handling that phone. <laughs> hold on, <laughs> let me hold it away from my eyes as far as possible. With these Jim, re- Jim, can you get in here and open the phone? <laughs> yeah, these these readers are running out of juice. I think I got to recharge these readers. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, so here's the thing. If you want to be a writer, first of all, if you've completed a script, congratulations. You've already done so much more than so many people who talk about wanting to be a writer. Yeah. So even if that script doesn't lead right away to a job or an agent or meetings like that, you have it. It's yours. You've created it. And there's always the possibility that somewhere down the line, as Goldie well knows from recent experience, that a script that you've written 
could come back into your life and 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 help you out at a certain point. So having written a script is like the greatest accomplishment if you want to be a TV writer. It's like being a, a an author who's completed a novel, you know, so congratulations on that. And by the way, Goldie wrote a hilarious book called So You Think You're Going Bald that all of you should be buying. Um, secondly, and this is a little self-serving, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you want to be in entertainment, you have excellent comedic taste and through osmosis, you're learning what it takes to be a writer in Hollywood. <laughs> like even if you sit here and chuckle at us and say, oh my God, how bad were those Johnny jokes or whatever, they're, they're being silly. Like you're, you're hearing things on this podcast that could potentially help you. So good for you for listening to our podcast. Well, us even showing up, to be honest, like we're too old to be yep. doing a podcast. It's too late to have started. <laughs> yes. Nothing's going to happen. Beyond, no. You know, we let, we love the people who listen. We love our, we're not like on Spotify's top, you know, you sent me that article. Oh, here are 70 <laughs> podcasts to listen to about writing. And we weren't even on that yes. list. <laughs> yes. But 70. the essence of it isn't succeeding. It's keeping going and seeing what happens. Because in a year, we may be on that list. Yeah, that's if right. We keep going. But it's... I tell you how we won't be on the list if we stop. Yes. yes. And Although... I want to be in the top 70. <laughs> Although I will point out that to add insult to that, a couple of the podcasts that were on that list had stopped and we still oh. didn't beat them. They hadn't been on for Rude. years. And then I also, it's funny thing about that article. I forgot about that. Thank you for bringing yeah. it up. So it's top 70 podcasts about writing. And we, we were not on there. And I looked, I'm like, well, when was this published? It was published like April 29th of this year. <laughs> so it's like, we didn't make They it. may not be aware of us. I, right. Well, I'm sure they're not. Yeah. I, don't th I mean, if they were... What if we were the 71st? There we go. Like, That's what we like uh, to believe. Man, we gotta, it's a we, tough, tough elimination, but... Yeah. <laughs> we're going to have to fight number 70, whatever. Like, we should pitch on what 70 would be about writing. Um, anyway, and here's the last piece of jokey uh, encouragement. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't want to be a writer, and we get a lot of emails from people who are like, I'm not a writer, I'm not interested in being a writer, but I, I like your podcast. Thank you, by the way, yes. for listening. But if you don't want to be a writer, good. You're doing great. <laughs> you're yes. already doing a great job of not being a writer. You're helping us and you're helping the other writers who do want to be writers because you're not gumming up the works. You know yourself and that's important. So those are my three huh. pieces of advice. I think that's that's, that's great. great. JC, any encouragement for anyone who wants to get into to what you do? Well, it's your side. Well, it's more like just entertainment, but I when I was at SNL, I remember there was I'm not going to name names, but there was a writer's assistant who everyone who wasn't a writer really was like, oh, she's just such a like a power hungry. Everyone sort of had this feeling about her tenacity was a negative thing. Yeah. And I would always say, hey, don't talk shit. She's really good at her job. She's really sweet, actually. And she'll probably be your boss in about two years. Wow. And sure enough, she she her left. Her name is Elizabeth <laughs> Finch. <laughs> no, she, she's incredible. She, I she's an amazing person. And she's, she's already a producer of, of multiple things. So she's, you know, just... Be nice, be respectful to those around you. 
Right. If wow. you're jealous. Hashtag girl boss. <laughs> yeah. People still use that? Yeah, I'm still but... tweeting every tweet. I write hashtag girl boss at. <laughs> that, that happened, by the way, at Family Guy. And again, I won't name names, but there have been writers that have come through there. And then when they go on to do bigger thing, not bigger than Family Guy, I guess that's hard, but like go on to have their own success. There's sort of this narrative of like that that person, like yeah. what the how the fuck did that yes. person? It's like well because they were out there hustling and they yep. fucking did it, yes. you know, and now they've got a big show on the air and so just deal with it. And they yeah. would write other things, yes, you know, they would stay after and keep yep. working. They would yes. come early mm-hmm. and yes. work on their own thing, cultivating Ooh. relationships, doing all the right things. Yeah, but yep. yeah, if if you want to be a writer, you're insane. But you know what? <laughs> Um, another piece of advice would be yeah. don't set your own boundaries as to what your role is. I just feel like if you say you're a writer and you, but you're like, just like Goldie, you're also a performer, you know, it's just don't put yourself in a box. Don't set the limitations. Yeah. And that includes age, you know. It's, We're all three in boxes right now. <laughs> literally you know? looking at each other <laughs> <Yeah>. in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that includes age. That's a good, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. 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 And then my last one is be wrong gracefully. That's good. Just, you know, I mean, we're always wrong. I have difficulty being wrong. I forgot to hit yeah. uh, record on Zoom last week, and I remember when we were hanging and out. And we let you have it, didn't we? <laughs> you totally <laughs> did Boy, didn't. boy, did we but, ever. But I, I caught myself telling Alec, like, well, was, all these things happened. It was because I just was, like, blaming something, you know? And that's yeah, just you not, were doing that. Yeah. And I, you know, it's, yeah, th- thanks. I let you <laughs> stew in the agony of my non-response. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he just said, okay. <laughs> Yeah, we don't have a video it's fine it worked out i like the drawing from that's what he says now um (laughs) but no be wrong gracefully is is great advice it's not like i took a beloved movie and changed it into a musical that people were walking out (laughs) after two yes yes he's back oh the the fighter pilots i feel so bad but i'm sorry no maybe it's great see for yourself i apologize to everyone involved with it as as Columbo once said, tisn't. <laughs> tisn't great. Um, all right. Well, so hopefully you aspiring entertainers and writers out there were mildly encouraged by our little pearls of wisdom there. And now it's time to move on to the portion of the show we call Top Five. Top Five. Oh, always melodic. We're the CSN of our day right there. <laughs> CSN. Now, Goldie, this was and your category. And those people all still love each other. Oh, they, and, they're, and they're all doing great. All doing great. David Crosby is half machine now, somehow still alive. Uh, Stephen Stills, hates him. Yeah, Stephen Stills doesn't have his tongue. It's okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so, Goldie, tell us, tell us what this week's top five is. This, this was just top five category. video games. This oh, was, great. This so was, funny. it was my week. I realized it two minutes before we went on the air. Yeah. I broke glass on the emergency topic. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, good. I love it. It's so, a good topic. So, you know, it's if fun. we can talk about video games a little bit, you know, is it the worst let's, thing? Let's talk <laughs> about know? video games. And now I, I'm just going to volunteer to go first because I, I know JC is a pretty big yeah. gamer and Goldie, this was your list. So I'll just get mine out of the way. Number five. And I'll specify if I mean the home version or the arcade version oh, when okay. needed. Um, number five for me is the arcade Punch Out. Yes, I loved Punch Out. Oh my God, what a great game that was! I loved just the just the 
you knew you were going to destroy Glass Joe in the first, <laughs> it, like you guaranteed one little win at least. And I could usually easily handle Piston Hurricane, who was second. Yeah. It was around the bald bull area. Bald where things... bull. I mean, you had to read his eyes yes. and dodge. <laughs> yep. And he, he would lower his gloves a little bit. And that's when you hit him in the stomach. Yeah. <laughs> um, bull is, he's a tough son of a gun. He was. And he looked, he looked like Hagler. So that was for people from Massachusetts, like to be fighting Marvin Hagler was always a, a tough uh, prospect. Okay, number four. And this was, I think it was the first first-person shooter home game, and I loved it, <laughs> which was a game called Doom. Oh, I don't yeah. know if you remember Doom. I've heard of it. I never played it. I had it. It was on PlayStation 1. And you would literally go through these like underground tunnels and caves and like sewer systems and monsters would pop out of the dark and and throw little fireballs at you and you had to shoot them. But what I remember so much about the game was that I would play it at night in a dark room and faintly in the background in the game, they had like a little light baby crying. It was so freaky. It was like, but I'll never forget it. Those were fun times. Okay, number three, and this could have been number one for me. It probably should have been for the amount that I've played it. The arcade version of Galaga. Yes. Galaga is a fucking awesome (laughs) game. And and to, to pull a Goldie here, I feel confident that any pizzeria I walk into where there's a Galaga game, I will walk out with the high score. Oh, I'm wow. that good at Galaga. And I have a Galaga machine in my office, which I haven't been to for two years. Wait, but really? it's sitting there. It's waiting. Good to know. The little, the little ships are flying in concentric circles just waiting for me to come back and shoot them out of the sky. Okay, number two. And it was hard to specify one particular one here, so I'm just doing the whole franchise, Call of Duty. Oh. Call of Duty is like... I uh, is so kick ass playing. Those games the, make me physically ill to play. Yeah, them. they do too. For me too. I, have I to, get like uh, vertigo. Yeah. See, and, and I'll specify I'm I'm one of those people like with Call of Duty, I much prefer playing the campaign, okay. which is like the video game version where you kind of play yourself against the computer, as opposed to the fucking you know, racist viper pit free for all. That's like oh, yeah. the online playing yeah. where pe- like the, those are the kind of games where you spawn and you're sniped dead. You spawn <laughs> and then you're sniped dead. Like yeah. people know how to play those games. They know all the spawn points. Yes. So it's no fun anymore. But I loved the campaigns in Call of Duty. Oh, what a nice. when you'd get to the end, it would be like, oh, like you had won World War Two. <laughs> OK, and number one, uh, going against what I just said. Number one is a little game I like to call Halo 2. Oh, right. Oh. You guys played that a lot in the office. We played that game every lunch hour at Family Guy for, I want to say, they might still play it, but when it, certainly I was on a stretch there for at least five years wow. every day at lunch. So awesome. I'd be in there with... You know, Mike D and 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 Rundle. That was fun. That's where that phrase comes from. That was fun. And so he would he would yell that out when he'd be running around with his shotgun, blowing people away, and you'd hear from the other end of the room, "That was fun." Like, and and Mike D was who is a hilarious guy, yes. and was sort of the king shit of the Halo room. Would just be hurling and and he was very good at Halo as well. So he would just hurl and so you know you'd always hear from Mike D like from the other side of the room, "Pussy boy." 
boy. Like it would always be like these sort of first grade taunts. And just to sidetrack with a little funny story about Halo 2, we work with a guy. And again, I won't say his name because the story is a little bit embarrassing. But he's a guy... Uh, he's in production, and forgive me for not knowing his exact title, but he's been there forever. Really nice guy. Plays or his Halo. Name. What's that? <laughs> or his name. <laughs> or his name. Oh, and I know his name. I know it. Okay, baby. sure you do. But so, I do. I'm not going to say it. Maybe it begins with an F. And so he would play Halo with us, but he has a boss, you know, at work. Everybody has their own person who's sort of in charge of their portion of the show, And it just so happened that his boss was a young woman who was younger than he was, but but was his boss, which happens. Yeah. Hashtag girl boss. Hashtag girl boss. There it is. So (laughs) he's playing Halo. And and the way our room is configured is you can sort of see the silhouettes of people walking outside that conference room. And so at one point he was playing, and I think he was supposed to be working on something, but he was playing Halo. And we could see the silhouette of his boss, like kind of coming by the door. And so he put his controller on the table and hid under the conference room table. So he gets under the table and this woman comes in, who's his boss, and she's holding a stack of papers. And clearly they have a meeting in that conference room after lunch. She walks around the table, coincidentally, right to the spot where he's crouched under the table and she's putting papers down on the table and then notices him at her feet and just says, and I won't say his name, let's, I'll make up a fake name, uh, uh, Jonesy? And then like we see this guy meekly stand up and he's in his 40s, stand up and like sort of just so embarrassed. So just the fact that Halo 2 brought me that memory of that guy being absolutely humiliated was completely so worth it. Okay, that's my list. That's great. Good list. Uh, should I go next? Go ahead. Okay, um, my number five, mine's kind of all over the place. My number five is SimCity 4. Oh, nerd alert. Yeah, before it got bad, SimCity 4 was the greatest version of SimCity. Um, number four arcade version of Galaga. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Love it. Yes. Uh, number three is Myst. M-Y-S-T. Yeah. Myst. Mm. Love That's it. That's a home console, home fantasy game, right? Yes. It, it, I've originally played it on a PC, and then now you can play it anywhere, you know. Um, right. And what, what what happens in that game? It's like, what's exciting like about a, it? It's just beautiful? No, you are solving puzzles, and, uh, you know, oh. you're opening, you're trying to figure out how to open certain things by solving things over here. Got and then, it. Got it. And it's a terrible way to, to explain it, I'm sure. But um, And then similarly, but... More modern and just an amazingly brilliant game is Zelda Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that looks, my daughters play that. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God. Yeah. And number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 1 by Infinity Ward. That's the one, Modern Warfare. Yeah, (laughs) that was great. Yeah. So not a lot of overlap on on my list. All right, good. I'm I'm, I'm interested Uh, to hear. Number five, and this was just because of the revolution it represented at the time pole position oh, you had a game and you had an yeah. accelerator and, yep. a, and a shifter yes. and a yep. wheel and they all worked yep magic yeah, yeah it was a cool game yes uh number four is a game i don't even know if you'll remember but it, only because i was very good at it and they had it at the local rec center an arcade game called konami super basketball oh, i oh. know the brand i didn't know and yeah. it was like a basketball game with a joystick and two buttons 
and blobs ran over, but the the, <laughs> the play felt something it captured the essence of basketball something now about was it. was that the one where you would pick like oh you're bird and mikhail versus no. jordan and Pitt? no okay. it's pre all that it was you were okay. going through the olympics and you would play different countries and oh. all you could do was pass or shoot but there was a very satisfying wow. sort of uh gameplay to and it and that Love was it. in an arcade or is that a that yeah, was in an oh, arcade wow. it was okay. probably 1982 cool oh wow uh, number three is the first red dead redemption yeah Ooh, that was I a good game. game because i started playing that game and of course i just started shooting everyone i saw because that's what i do <laughs> And um, then you lose social status. And so then I realized, like, this is going to be too hard to finish if everyone hates me. So I spent a week trying to build up my, you know, uh, social standing. Wow. Trying to recapture everyone's esteem. And so I was walking through town and someone tipped their cap to me and said, like, howdy, mister. And in real life, I wept. <laughs> because I was finally being acknowledged again after after having been ostracized. That's oh awesome. my god! As, as Tom Gamble would say, "That's great." I gotta pull that audio. Uh, number two is a game I've talked about on here before: NBA Two K Fifteen. I yeah. won't get into yeah. my unhealthy relationship with this game. Yeah, you you won championships. Yes, several. With, with, I think about it every night as I go to bed. It's how I turn my brain on. <laughs> And number one, and I'm shocked no one else mentioned it because to me it, it is the ultimate gameplay experience, Grand Theft. Theft. Auto, oh, yeah, yeah, that's good. It stresses me out so much, Me though. too. Well, you know what you do is you <laughs> go in stressed. and you say, all I'm going to do is stab old people. <laughs> that's a and good... And take their money. <laughs> that's it. And if you have this sort of this rage at boomers because the, you know the student loan debt crisis and they all bought homes when they were ten dollars and yeah. they're all yeah. telling you skip your avocado toast and your starbucks and you'll have what i have and you're yeah. like you don't even understand what the world's like old man you just go in this game with that knife yes and you get behind him and you yeah yeah, yeah and you take their money yeah i love yeah. i love the option in grand theft auto that you could change the radio station in yes. your car to yes. find the mu- and, and and they had many They're options. So good at it. And yeah. you could always yes. find the one that best suited you. I was yes. always yeah. like Yacht Rock. Yeah, like of you, yeah. <laughs> you know um, you're playing too much Grand Theft Auto when you walk by a cop car and, you, and you're like, should I get in there and just take it? <laughs> totally. <laughs> get a mission on the radio? God. I'm surprised. Stop, put the controller down. <laughs> None of us had... Um, Super Mario Brothers. Nah, didn't eh. care. Yeah, that's, I felt the same way. My, I talked about this list with uh, my friend Lex Sadler, and he was he mentioned Doom. He's a big video game guy. Yeah. We play Call of Duty together. But do you? Uh, do either of you remember the game? Well, do you remember Activision by yeah. Intellivision? They're still a big company, yeah. but yeah. Intellivision, Activision. Yeah. It was like the second Atari yeah. thing. They had a game called Oink. <laughs> no, and if you remember that, that? No, it sounds awesome. Oh right. god, it, it was a terrible game, but I, I, I have to get this out of my brain because I think about it once a week. The theme song for their commercial was "Baby, if you're talking video games, take it from the wolf. There's only one name. That's Oink. Ham it up, ham it up. Say Oink. <laughs> so there, it's out of my head. Ham it up. Ham their it tennis up. and television tennis was so simple oh. and brilliant and yes. perfect. Yep. Yeah. 
So we, satisfying. We should at some point highlight the worst video games because the uh, the E.T. video game was one of the worst things ever. There's a documentary about that. Yes. Oh, really? And the, there was also a Superman video game that was terrible for Atari. <laughs> Uh, that was a great list, though. Yes. Ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Oh, a phone call. Ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Hold on. My phone is ringing. Hold on. Let me find ding-a-ling. it. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Hold it. on. Where's that phone? Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Oh, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Okay, I got it. I got it. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Hello? Alec, hey, it's Tom Gamble from last week's show. Oh, hey, Tom. Hey, nice are, to talk to you. Am I calling it a bad time? Well, I mean, we're, we're just doing our show this week. We just did finish the top five. Oh, uh, no. Have you announced the new top five yet? Uh, we have not. Okay, because I thought of a really good idea. This is actually good for the listeners about how to repitch an idea that's already been pitched. Oh. This, is, this is something that people sometimes do. You shouldn't do it a lot. But if you have an idea that you think is really good, that you think is like good for the show, because I'm always thinking about what's best for the show. <laughs> and uh, so I would like to repitch the idea I had last week, which was... Okay, t- sure, go ahead. It was a uh, uh, top five things that give you the creeps that aren't supposed to. Like Senate soap. Someone gives you Senate soap, and that gives you the... The, the creeps. Now, so um, now I'm going to do a little bit of office politics. I know Goldie had a little beat in his bonnet last week about that, and he didn't like the idea. And okay, to the listeners, I'm doing a little office politics. In the wrong hands, this could go really wrong, but I think you'll see I do this very delicately. Uh, I think I know why Goldie has a bit of a beat in his bonnet. Why is that? Well, do you remember when we did Dad's, yeah. uh, my grandmother was very ill, mm. and one of her final wishes was to go to the Hollywood Bowl Four times before she died. Oh, four times. <laughs> I know. I was going, I was going Ma, Grandma, it's like, you have to see Abba and Backstreet Boys? And she said, yes, and Duda Mill and Buddy Guy. I got to see them all. And when you're 99 years old with a walker, it's, uh, it, it, so I did miss some afternoons. And I know Goldie knows. And some mornings. <laughs> some mornings. Goldie's what you call a clock watcher. It's like, it's not how many jokes you get in the script. It's how long you sit in the chair in the writer's room. But t- I mean, he's got an amazing career. He's great. Look, I didn't know attendance meant just touching the door and going back to your car. So anyways. Which, I'm on the phone with Tom Goldie. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll I'll let you guys. Speakerphone, speakerphone. Anyways, I repitched the idea gently. Just a gentle reminder. Uh, uh, Alec, are you the one uh, next week's uh, giving the idea? Actually, it's it's JC's next week. Oh, that's perfect. I'll definitely run it by her. So run it by her. I'm not going to pretend that we never had this conversation. Okay. Don't don't tell Goldie. I mean, I'm very smart. It's like when I do office politics, I make sure that I don't say anything too damaging because you never know who's going to be recording this. And uh, (laughs) so I'm going to pretend we never talked. And you know what? In a day or two, I'm going to have Morty, my agent, call to see how it went, okay? Okay, Okay. sure. Okay, sure. Great to talk to you. Thank you. I'm getting a great response to last week's show. Oh, absolutely. So are we. So are we. Good. Okay. Phone's ringing off the hook. Oh, good. So, JC, you know, I've been thinking about uh, something Tom pitched last week, which I think... Ding-a-ling-a-ling, ding a ling Hold on one second. Put, oh. put a pin in that. Yeah. Okay. He- hello? Alex, it's Marty. <laughs> it's Alex. <laughs> Tom said I should call, but... Uh, did you hear about my health scare last week? Oh, uh, 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 something. Something. Yeah, was, you were you were shocked by something. I right? was on the phone and I heard a turn of phrase that uh, <laughs> what I was expected to go one way to went another way, and I had a heart attack and I was oh. in the hospital for two days. Oh, no. that, oh, was my, you... that was my weekend. How was your weekend? I understand <laughs> you went to see Tootsie. <laughs> yes. Oh well, my gosh. All all things being equal, I may have had a worse weekend. <laughs> oh, I, I love Tootsie. You know, I can't tell you how many times I've. 
went to a lady's apartment and it turned out that she was a he. You know? <laughs> it usually took place in New York City that Thanksgiving. You know, as you know, I go there once a year because I represent the Woody Woodpecker balloon in the Macy's Day Parade. <laughs> that's right. And uh, I represent all of the Walter Lance characters. And that's the reason I'm calling up. How do you feel about Chilly Willie, right? You, you know Chilly Willie. He's Woody's friend. He's always getting into mischief. He's a little penguin. You know, with climate change, he's more relevant than ever. We've got an animated feature. We've had in development since 1984. Uh, it's, it's long now. It's 600 pages. It needs some cuts. But we're about to sign this one guy. He's, his partner just left him. And oh boy, he's a mustache Pete. He's so old. He should be put out to pasture. And what no. I would love to do is get on a bus and come out to Cape Cod and over a lobster dinner convince you to do the rewrite on Chili Willie. What do you say? Uh, well, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'll, let you're, me just run it by. Oh, my, but you're not, you're not sure? I'm you're, not, you know what? Forget you! <laughs> and forget Tom Gamble's top five! It's off the table! It's well, dead! Uh, he doesn't oh, need your top five! Oh. And good, good luck thinking of another top five! Oh, <laughs> click. <laughs> I think he hung up. I heard somebody say click. Pick up, pick up, tickle-a-gling, tickle-a-gling. Pick up, pick up, Hello, hello. Alec, oh my God, I just heard my agent called and he started yelling at <laughs> Yeah, he line. did. He I am did. so sorry. I think this is a good uh, lesson for your listeners about how an agent can blow a deal. <laughs> oh. we, we should not have had the agent involved at all. I should just... Between friends, it's like agents can mess up deals. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I would fire this guy, but guess what? I'm on the verge of getting uh, a rewrite on the Chili Willy movie. (laughs) Oh, oh. And it's it's just me. It's not Max. So I just can't wait for the day. I'm going to invite Max to the premiere. I'm not going to say what it is. I'm not going to sit next to him. And when the opening credits come up, Chili Willy, Silly and Philly, written by Tom Gamble, the look on his face is going to be expressionless, but I can't wait to see it. Sounds props. Exactly. Uh, but anyways, I think uh, your, your listeners now know that sometimes you don't need to get your agent involved. They might have a different agenda than representing you. And I guess you're probably wondering uh, why I'm holding this bouquet of flowers. I'm off to the cemetery to put them on my uh, grandmother's grave. It's like, but I'm sorry, I'm not on the clock anywhere, Goldie. Don't bite my head off. <laughs> All right, I'm off. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he ran off. I, I only wish that, you know, Max had been there last week and when Morty had had his heart attack because he would have known what to do and it would have oh, been yeah. his first save in his new career. That's yes. right. Yeah, <laughs> Tom, God, what an excellent bit. And I've gotten so many messages from people that we know in the business, as they say, <laughs> saying yes. tears of laughter during your last phone bit last week. So really I think yeah, you, was you, a, you brought it, it again. Of, it was a lot of Tom Gamble last week. It's like, if you got through <laughs> till the end, it was worth it. But yeah, I, I <laughs> there was a lot of gamble but we loved it hey by the way goldie i thought of uh my favorite episode of uh united we uh, fall oh no (laughs) the one when the whole gang falls into the grand canyon (laughs) i think that was a bit that was the pitch just like the title united we fall (laughs) i love it i remember the egg break was whoa whoa All right. right. Um, It's it's 10 01. Don't you have a concert? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh, it's it's Mariachi Night at the (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stop off. He's singing Urban Peaches. You're gonna stop. You're gonna stop off at a four square foot tiki bar on the way there. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, no, Goldie. I, I, you know, you're absolutely right. I did. 
when we did those Hollywood Bowls, I wasn't like in charge of getting six meals for you know, the three couples. It was way too much work. Was, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, no, I blocked that out. Fortunately, better I to not go. Yeah, definitely. better to not go. That was the best better thing about the go. pandemic. Didn't have to go to the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, JC, hit us with next week's okay, top five. This uh, this week, my friend Jess Alther, who said hi to you while we were out, she Is there she anybody sent me this. Out there? <laughs> yes, she <laughs> gave me this one, and I loved it. So it is top five catchphrases. Oh, Just all right. Very open. If top you if you want to narrow it down to I don't know TV or if you want to just do broad. Nope. Great. No broad, yeah. broad. Don't narrow it down. broad. Love that. Great. Yeah. Love okay. that. Yes. Great Thank topic. You, Jess. And then maybe you can think of one next week. Yeah. <laughs> no. <of> your friends. <laughs> maybe you do the work. Oh, JC, JC. I'm very pro outsourcing. Anyone <laughs> wants right. to send in top five uh, list <laughs> suggestions, feel free yeah. at a typical disgusting display at gmail.com and the phone number that we've given up. Um, <laughs> 310-896-8274. 310-896-8274. We have gotten a couple messages. I will talk to you about them this week. Oh. All right. I love that. Love okay, that great. promise. That's yeah. a goldie promise right there. And now, since we have Tom Gamble live in studio, we're going to end this week as we do every week on a high note. Perfect. Got <laughs> two <laughs> birds on a wire flying off. Yeah, I know. You're, you're spe- speaking of Harvard, you turned crimson right there at the end of that law. Um, all right, so high note this week. Anyone want to start us off? Don't care. Yeah, look, I I bagged on the Tootsie musical again. My apologies to the cast, their family, and maybe we just proved that it was the writing guys. But what I wanted casting? to say it it was how wonderful it was. To be out, to be with my friends new and old, and it felt like, you know, I was able to capture some gratitude about these things we used to take for granted about, let's just have a night out, and it was just so awesome to see everyone, see a show, even though the quality wasn't what we had wished. It was not, but I second that emotion. And we met two great fans, again, Lauren and Dan, they were awesome. And you know what? They've gone from fans to friends. Yes. Yes. They're, yes. Well, they're friends right now. Yeah, they're friends. Quite, they're I friends. think you just coined a great term that is going to be merchandising, mugs, T-shirts. Hashtag friends. We're going to start calling you guys friends. You're our friends. Yes. I love it. You're not quite a friend, but you're not totally a fan. Yes. You're a friend. Um, well, I mean, my, my yeah, high note was basically that, too, was just being able... You know, seeing Goldie walk up for the first time, Stu and I, we were, I was really excited and kind of nervous even. I yeah. don't know, just, and then walked up, big hug. It was great to be with you guys. It felt very bonding. Yes. And um, it was just really nice regardless. I'm glad we left at intermission. I was Me really too. concerned about <laughs> having to stay. I know. And, Thank um, God for intermission. <laughs> I, I know. know. God, yeah. God bless you, Broadway, for making that happen. So, yeah, but thank you. For, thanks to both of you for the dinner and the, and the musical. It was a great time. Hey, thanks for the parking. <laughs> No, she had nothing to do with that. Remember, she she checked out right at the key moment. Right when we were parking and we needed her navigation, she was gone. She ghosted us in that moment. (laughs) Yeah, she was gone. Well, now I feel bad that my high note was not that, although I did. I enjoyed that immensely. But I want to say, and not to get too topical here, but my high note, 
and this may sound like a strange subject to derive a high note from, my high note is the leaker. The yes, leaker is, of yes. this Roe v. Wade stuff. Because, yeah, that's a good point. first of all, it's good that it's out there. It's good that we didn't just get surprised when it had already become law somehow. Yeah. So the leaker did a really good thing because now we can sort of marshal our forces to fight against this ridiculousness. And I will say to the leaker, whoever he or she may be, Hollywood has your back. Nice. Whatever story is told about this moment, and there will be one, the leaker is going to be a hero. And this happens in all... All right, shut up, Luna. <laughs> Jesus, Luna, shut up. The leaker in I all... I know the, who it is. <laughs> yeah, she knows who it is. I know oh, the leaker. I wish I could speak English. Shit. <laughs> Whether it be all the president's men, the insider... You know, leakers are always come out looking good. History judges them well, and Hollywood makes sure of that. So, yes. leaker, way to go. Nice. You've given us our only chance. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's our show this week. I want to thank all you guys for listening. I want to thank you, too, for being awesome, and I want to thank, thank Tom Gamble for coming back for a yes. bit. And, Tom, now I have a bit suggestion here for the end of the show. Okay. <laughs> so when we were doing Dad's, uh, and we would have our run-throughs for the network and or the studio. So it's basically executives. And what happens in those is there's like a group of a dozen people, the writers and some executives, who kind of move through the stage and watch a dress rehearsal of your show. It's called the network or studio run-through. And there would always be little pauses in between scenes where the production crew would set up a new set or change the cameras or the lighting and so in these voids where nothing is being said, Tom would jump on stage and pretend to be running a studio tour. So studio tour guide, take it away. Hello. It was on this stage in 1954 that Fox made the hit campus comedy, Follow Those Girls, with June Ellison, Donna Reed, and Buster Keaton as Professor Soggy Bottom. It was in this movie that they released the hit single, Two straws and a milkshake. <laughs> the uh, Los Angeles Herald Press gave it one and a half stars. And now more dead. <laughs> typical, typical, disgusting, 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 disgusting,